A few hours ago, I was watching a video on the internet called The Story of Your Enslavement, and I've actually watched this one multiple times. If you haven't seen this, I will put it in the description, but it's basically a video about about the true nature of government, which I always say, I don't know how much I say this on this channel, but the government is basically the mafia. It's if you've ever watched a movie and you've seen that scene where this guy opens up a club and then two guys come in and say, uh, well, pay us a protection fee of $1,000 every month or we'll burn down your business. That's the government, except they're a lot more subtle and a lot more classy about how they rob you. But that is basically what they're doing. And in these moral agencies where people are convinced that they're doing lots of good are always in strategically convenient places. Like, I'm going to do the most good by being a police officer. Well, that's very convenient to consider that a moral agency because that's the exact agency that gives you a ton of power over other people. In fact, a lot of what police officers do is extremely unjust, mixed in with a little bit of good behavior. And what they like to do, like any good abuser, is take that small part that's good and pretend that that's everything that they do to get you to ignore all the bad stuff that's being done. It's like if you're in a relationship with a really abusive chick who yells at you all the time, who emotionally manipulates you by saying things like, I do everything for you, but you do nothing for me, or cries to manipulate you, or or throws crap at you when she gets mad. These are all very, very bad things and all massive red flags for a terrible relationship. But what she might do to reel you back in is every so often, maybe a couple times a week, maybe once a week, maybe less than that, if she's really comfortable with you, You'll have one great day. And when things are going bad, what she might do and say, see, I'm not all that bad. We had this one really great day and then guilt you back into the relationship. It's the same thing that they do with the police. The police do tons and tons of horrible things. But then they say, well, if we didn't have the police, if the government didn't have control over the police, we wouldn't be able to protect you. But let me just say this. How many of you feel protected when you're driving down the street and a cop drives right behind you for let's say a good two or three minutes. Do you feel like you're safer because the cop's there? Or do you feel like you're about to shit your pants because you're worried about getting a ticket? I don't think I've ever met anybody in my entire life who is comfortable when a cop drives directly behind them. And that's kind of strange because one of their mottos is protect and serve. But the fact of the matter is, is that all the people who you're supposed to be protecting and serving feel threatened when you're around. So that doesn't mean you're the the protector, that means you're the criminal. Now I mention this because just recently I got into a police encounter for one of the most bullshit of reasons, which are traffic violations. And traffic violations are entirely BS because one, it's convenient that the penalty for a violation is monetary. It's either pay us this amount of money and the money always increases. Like it used to be in California back in the early 2000s, it was like $100 to get a speeding ticket. Now it's like $500 to have a speeding ticket. And if you look at the breakdown, it will tell you like what your ticket's going to. Some of it's like health insurance, some of it's like fire. And so it it seems to be the case that the idea behind speeding tickets, the idea behind traffic tickets is not to get people to, to follow the laws, but just to fundraise money. Because they know in terms of traffic violations, they're just penalizing normal behavior. And you can tell it's normal behavior because when you look at police, how many of you have seen police break those same traffic laws that they would have pulled you over for? I've seen many, many police speed 
And now I'm not referring to when they have their sirens on and it's an emergency. I'm talking about they're driving and they're driving 20 miles over the speed limit on a surface street. Uh, a couple days ago, I just had a, a cop on a motorcycle zoom in front of me, cut me off on the freeway and started swerving in and out of the lanes. If I did that, and mind you, this was in a construction zone where fines are doubled, I would have been ticketed like $800. But he can get away with it perfectly fine because he's a cop and he's moral and good. Now, I've talked to certain cops, and what they say in situations like this where they don't have their sirens on is they say, well, I really had to get to that person's house, so I thought it was okay to speed. Well, shit, I really have to get to work. Why can't I speed? So they're not doing anything moral and good. They're just penalizing normal human behavior and probably most of the time, they're penalizing behavior that is not even dangerous. Like in California, we have these stupid red left turn lights. And so what will happen is that the light will go green, people will go and make their left turn, and it will eventually turn red, but your side of the road is still able to go if you're going straight, and the other side of the road is still able to go if they're going straight. Now, even if there is nobody anywhere in sight on the other side of oncoming traffic, and you made that left turn with that red light on there, you can be ticketed several hundred dollars. Despite the fact that you did absolutely nothing dangerous. So anyway, I got pulled over for something that's kind of hard to describe. I, I basically made a left turn, and when I moved into the from the left lane to the right lane, I didn't go into the left lane, then the middle lane, then the right lane. I kind of did it all at the same time, which is an action that literally everybody does. And in this situation, it was not in any way dangerous, but yet I got pulled over so I can be taught what's right. Now, when you deal with police, understand they have 100% of the power. If you think you're going to sit there and say, I'm a sovereign citizen, I know my rights, I watched a couple of YouTube videos, and I know that I don't have to show you my license, I know that I don't have to creak my window open more than a couple inches, and, and fuck you. You are an idiot if you do that. And in fact, I had a friend who was a sovereign citizen, and his basic plan was, yeah, when you get to put in a traffic stop and you haven't practiced, you are going to lose. And so the way he would practice and his friends would practice is that they would buy a bunch of beater cars and get pulled over on purpose. And then they would practice their sovereign citizen laws, and when they eventually lost and their car got towed away, they would just leave it on the tow lot because of some piece of shit $50 car. I would not do this with a $10,000 car. I would not do this with a $30,000 car or more. If you do that, you are fucking stupid and you deserve to have your car towed. And you deserve it because you failed to realize who has the power in this situation. When you're playing a game like this, you have to realize that your best possible weapon against being harmed is being polite, is being professional and being classy. And there are ways you can be polite in this situation without being stupid. You can be nice without being a fucking moron. Let me say this first, though. I am not a lawyer, and this does not count as legal advice. This is just simply a description of what I've done in the past that seems to have worked. But every time you're in a traffic violation, the police officer will start with a question designed to get you to incriminate yourself. They will ask you, Sir, do you know why I pulled you over? My answer to this question is always no. And I try to say in the most ignorant possible way I can manage. And the reality is, is that they could have pulled me over for 20 different reasons. So even though I may have an idea of why they pulled me over, because there are so many possibilities of why they may have pulled me over, I am not lying when I say I don't know. I am not the cop, so therefore I do not know their motives. So I'm not going to sit here and speculate and possibly get myself into more trouble by guessing 
why they pulled me over. So no, I don't know why you pulled me over. And in my unprofessional opinion, not being stupid and incriminating yourself right away is a good start. Now, in this situation, for the rest of the, the, the traffic stop, I was as nice as possible. Yes, sir. No, sir. May I grab my, my stuff out of the glove compartment? I'm going to go for my wallet. Hands at 10 and 2 the whole time, so he knows I'm not going to reach for a weapon or a firearm. Super, super polite. He takes my license, walks back to his car. Two minutes later, he walks back to my car, says, this is just a warning. You're free to go. That's a victory. I could have gotten a ticket. I could have been out hundreds of dollars for a traffic violation that wasn't even dangerous, that didn't cause anybody harm. But I was polite. I was nice. I even thanked the cop at the end of the interaction for not ticketing me. I was polite, and I won. And I won because the government didn't get any of my money. In the case that I would have lost and gotten ticketed, that is why I covered my tracks. That's why when he asked me, do you know why I pulled you over? I didn't admit to a crime. That's why I didn't consent to any searches. That's why, even though I thought I was in the right, I didn't sit there and, and educate the cop on why he was wrong to pull me over. You never, ever say anything that is not necessary in front of a cop. You say all that shit in court. So if that's the case, I've covered my ass, I can hire a lawyer, or I can represent myself, and I can get this solved in court, really just hoping that the cop doesn't show up and then I get uh, I win by default. That's the way the game is played. It's a suit-and-tie, polite man's game. And of course, feminists know this, and of course, women know this, because both of those groups, if they're not the same group, are always trying to convince you about how moral they are or how defenseless they are. Because when you're moral... Everybody wants to be on your side. When you're defenseless, everybody wants to run to protect you. And so every time feminists go to make laws that are absolutely destructive, like they can say, they can play the victim card, and they can say, well, you know what? She has to get child support because she's just a poor, defenseless woman who could never afford any of this stuff on her own. How is she supposed to survive with a child and no husband? Or they play the good guy. They play the hero that's trying to help. They say things like, all these plastic bags in California are causing problems there. They're filling up landfills, and it's going to the ocean, and the fish are drinking it, and everything's going to die if we have plastic bags in stores. So we're going to ban them. Guess what happened? It turned out that one of the side effects of not having cheaply available plastic bags in the stores is that homeless people used to crap on those cheaply available plastic bags, and then they would throw their crap on the dumpster. Now, because they don't have those plastic bags, they just crap on the street. So now everything's dirtier, and now more disease is being spread. Probably one of the reasons the plague is resurging in Los Angeles. Second, I was watching a quite interesting Steven Crowder video on this subject. Now, uh, if you want to watch the video, I will put it in the description. It's not very long. But he was talking about the plastic bags uh, crisis and the plastic straw crisis. Now, I can't remember the number, and I can't go back and watch it now because of the way my recording's set up. But he says to me, like, in order to make up for one of those reusable bags, you would have to go through thousands of disposable plastic bags to make up for the pollution and the resources that that one reusable bag costs. Remember how <laughs> evil awesome. plastic bags were? Yeah. That was the big trend, oh, Trader yeah. Joe's. Look yeah, at me, yeah, yeah. I have my plastic I mean, bag and it's yeah. insulated. Ugh, it's just, By the oh way, gosh. is that BPA-free, you white privileged asshole? <laughs> they all bought this reusable really bags. You off, huh? Here's something else. Before we get back to stress, turns out, Multiple studies, not from a nine-year-old, actual studies, found that <laughs> reusable work. bags actually have a lot worse of an, of an impact uh, on the environment than plastic bags. Yeah. So you'd have to reuse an organic cotton bag. I want to make sure, let me go to my, my cheat sheet here. Organic cotton. 20,000 times 
I remember having, I remember using my bag 20,000 times, mm. 20,000 times mm. to make it even with a plastic bag on <laughs> environmental impact. That means that you would have to be doing weekly grocery shopping with your white, your symbol of white guilt for 380 years. <laughs> so it, it, it begs the question. Are these feminists who are pretending to be environmental and pretending to be good and making all these stupid laws and basically just banning everything, are they actually doing the research and making sure that their programs actually work? Of course, we all know the answer is no, they're not doing that. They make a lot of stupid decisions in the disguise of being good that actually don't work out in the end. And our best example of their complete lack of research and when they try to be these do-gooders is firearms. I mean, they're always saying we don't want innocent kids to get killed and we just want com- some common sense gun laws. Nobody needs a, a fully semi-automatic AR-17 with uh, burst firepower and other bullshit gun terms that don't exist. And you might ask, do these people actually look at the stats when they make these stupid claims? Because what they're trying to do is ban AR-15s and other semi-automatic rifles. But when you look at the stats, you can see that the amount of deaths per year on rifles is four times smaller than the amount of deaths done by knives. So knives are more dangerous than rifles. Pistols are way more dangerous than rifles. In fact, most gun deaths are just committed by suicide. So saying that you're going to save all of the innocent children by banning AR-15s is absolutely asinine because AR-15s are only a small fraction of all gun crime. But that doesn't matter. The actual words, the actual facts, the actual stats don't matter. What does matter, though, is especially in a a female-dominant population in terms of voting, is the rhythm that you're following. And, you know, look no further than rap music to see what women are willing to put up with if you get the right beats. Women are always saying, and feminists are always saying, that they don't like being called sluts, that they're strong and empowered, and they don't like any sexist language. But then they go to the club They listen to rap music that calls them all bitches and hoes. They say drugs are great, commit crimes, and all these things that are bad for you. And they will repeat the lyrics to those very songs and dance to it just because it has a good rhythm and it has a good beat. So when you're in these situations, especially situations of conflict, you want to make sure that you are getting the rhythm and the beat correct. Nothing you say matters, especially in the context of women, if you do not get the correct rhythm and the correct beats. And because we were talking about firearms, I'll give you this example. I remember a few years ago, actually more than a few years ago, because Obama was still president, that he he and the ATF were creating a bunch of different gun restrictions that a lot of people didn't like. So some groups popped up who were open carry groups. Some of these groups were, were great. They did a really great job in promoting gun rights. Some of them were very, very stupid. In a few cases, there were groups that would go around and practice their right to open carry in private businesses. Now, let's be clear. Private businesses are not subject to a lot of the laws the government is subject to. So if they want to say guns are great, they can say guns are great. If they want to say no guns, they can say no guns. And so these groups would go into places like like Denny's in a state where it was legal to open carry. And previously, Denny's probably didn't have an issue with that. But what these groups would do is they'd get like a, a war band of 10, 15, 20 people, and they would have rifles on their backs. They'd have sniper rifles on their backs. They'd have uh, shotguns and um, very, very big, black, and scary weapons. And they would bring these weapons into a dining room with women and children. 
So, of course, they, the, the day after that event happened, even though it was perfectly fine, perfectly legal to do that, the women and children complained. They said, I don't feel safe in your restaurant with these guys carrying their big-ass weapons in here. Can you please do something about it? So the restaurants did, and they banned firearms in those restaurants. That's what happens when you put lyrics to the wrong beats. When you go into a restaurant with a bunch of people who are unarmed with your big, intimidating weapons, you look like the villain. You look like the criminal. You do not look like a good person that people should stand behind. You have to understand when it comes to public opinion, even when it comes to the people around you in your personal life, it does not matter how right your words are if you look like a villain, if you look like a criminal. So the best way to look like a criminal or to look like a villain is to do things that are intimidating, is to be pissed off, is to get overheated, is to be inappropriate. Do not make that mistake. I don't care how pissed off you are. I don't care how right you think you are. I don't care how unfair the situation is. You are always going to be the one who is calm, collected, polite, and especially very professional when you present your side and when you present your information. Because if you don't present yourself in that way, you will lose. And if you want some real-life examples of this, you can look at the Change My Mind segments that Steven Crowder puts out. I mean, look at his most popular Change My Mind segments. Chances are that segment has a situation where some leftist is screaming about how everything's racist or screaming about gender equality. And Steven stays calm, collected, and assertive when he does these interviews. And when they sit there and scream at him, for believing what he believes, he looks like the good guy because he is the calm one and they are the screaming violent one. They can't look like a victim if they're violently yelling at the opposing side. Yeah. Especially like the audacity to come here and the and really to come here and speak the truth. I, I have the audacity to speak the truth. Yeah. What the fuck is that? Yeah. You know what? How about somebody rapes you and then you come and tell me that rape culture is a myth? That has nothing to do with what we're talking what? about. What? How does that have nothing to do with what we're talking we're about? Talking and I about sit here and told you how empirical data is bullshit because of I, UCR I crime reports. I don't agree. Have don't, you, do you, you didn't even a, know what a UCR crime report is. Second, do you even know what NCVS stands for? You tell me that. Okay, so let's go through statistics. Okay. What, how, many, how often do you believe rape occurs? Because again, a rape culture, we both often. agree. See, often? I cannot tell you the exact number because as I've, I've repeated rule. to you multiple times that like you see our crime reports are simply not accurate and there are other like methods and it is proven that those are not accurate we do not have all of those numbers we don't have all of those numbers we have quite a bit we have from the FBI, we have some from the DOJ. Yeah, but do you know where the FBI the, gets those? Is those UCR reports that you didn't no, know no, existed. Not not Let entirely. the record show he didn't know what a UCR crime report is. I learned that in my intro to criminal justice. So how class. often do you think rape occurs? I don't I truly I couldn't tell you. I mean, Ben Shapiro, another example. That's how he got popular, is he would say something that was logical and knowledgeable in the context of being good and being polite, the person who flipped out would lose public opinion and Ben Shapiro would win. So your best chance at success is to be as calm and collected as possible. And I'll leave it at that. If you like this video, please hit the like button. Subscribe if you're new. Comment and share. My BitChute link is in the description. If you have not subscribed to me there, go ahead and do that. If you'd like to support the channel, then you can donate to me either through PayPal or Subscribestar. Both those links are in the description as well. Otherwise, I will see you in the next video. Thanks for watching.